nice things. Hello, good evening, and welcome to another fun pack, thrill filled edition of Nice Things. Nice Things. The antidote to modern living. And joining me, Sir Michael Livesley, this week we have. My name is Paul Carmichael, and considering, Mike, that it is only 9.16 in the morning, I have eaten far too much brie. You've been on an early morning cheese run. I have. And it, oh. Yeah. And of course, we always, as the viewers won't know, we traditionally, just before we're about to start recording, we uh, go for a wee. Not together. That would be odd. Mm, odd. But there was a little moment, though, when I thought, oh. Yeah. Oh, that's I that one. Uh, well, uh, yeah. I don't know where this is going to go, I thought. But what, the way? I didn't, I, well, the other, you know. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Yes. The so I, they're the unspeakable, but I thought I'm yes. not giving in. I'm not doing it. No, I don't blame you. Absolutely I mean, it's 9.17 in the morning on the AM, yes. um, which is uh, ungodly and cream hour. Um, but what time did you awake? Let's have that one. So uh, I got about quarter to five. Quarter to five. So for the, if we put it in my frame, this is about two o'clock in the afternoon for you. Mm, it is That's, actually. So. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. So brie time is, is fair enough. And these are lovely. These are smashing these little things. What are they? Right? The, it's brie, right? You get oh. six of these for two quid, right? Wow. I know, I know. Whack them in the oven for six minutes, and there you go, you've got your brie. Uh, oh. what, what have we got? What's the brown stuff? Well, I, I think it's some sort of rice thing. Rice Something like thing. that. Uh, uh, oh. oh, they look nice. Oh, yes. I was going to say I couldn't eat it this time of the morning. However, it's two o'clock in the afternoon for you. Mm. Do they not come with a wee dip? No dip. Don't want dip. No. No. Do they come with a dip though. No, they don't. No. And what is this? A Morrison's or an LD? No, this is a Morrison's. Ah. Mm. LD the wouldn't abs- do this. In the a absence what? of a waitress, I shall well, yes. slam it at Morrison's. Absolutely. Or well, who've just become. They've just lost their place as fourth most popular supermarket. Ah. Oh, Aldi has beaten them. They're building a new Aldi here, you know. Really? Another they, one? They knocked Aldi down, down the town. So we've got two Aldis. Aldis. Uh, we've got two uh, Aldis. We had two Aldis. And they knocked one down and they left the one at the posh bit of town up. Um, and they're building a new one now. It's, I don't know why you'd knock a shop down to build another one, but it's been a few years. It's been like two years since they did it, and I was in Aldi, mm-hmm. the, a bit in the posh area, where one is forced to go since they demolished the old one uh, the yeah. other day, and Diane, uh, who was serving me, I found out, and it's good in it when you find out the name of the woman serving you because it a is. mate's there, and they're like, right, I'm off now, die. Yeah. And it's just like, oh. <laughs> Oh, okay. Hello, Hello, Diane. How are you? <laughs> um, so, um, I was speaking to Di, and mm. I said, oh, they're building a new Aldi, and she was like, oh, yeah, thank you. I'm sick of these posh fuckers in here. <laughs> <laughs> She's just saying our word. What was she saying? They were just uh, rude. Rude. Ooh. Well, everyone in the village is relatively posh, I must say, so that's maybe why we've only got the one Aldi. Well, this is it. I mean, but yeah, you've probably got sort of like posh till people in your LD, haven't you? Well, they all seem to have received pronunciation going on, you which know. I thoroughly approve of. Well, this is it. You know, well, I was speaking to Augustus the other night. We thought it'd be a hoot if I got a job at LD. <laughs> and that's what I think it is. That's what I think you've got, though. You've got sort of, 
ladies, sir, ladies who lunch, you go, oh, yes, we all do this. It's a jolly lark. The, you might be near, <laughs> near the truth thinking about it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there well, might here, be. We've got Diane who's got to do it. And she's just like that. You can all fuck off. Oh, Diane, I think, loves it. Anyway, we allow the people from the other side of the railway bridge to use Aldi as well. Ah, is that a, a sort of a special uh, thing that happens once a month? Or are they allowed to uh, cross the reservation? Well, they, they are allowed to cross now. The bridge was blocked off for two years while it was strengthened. Now it's being opened again only one way, it must be said. I like the idea of your bridge featuring Derek Geiler on your end with a clipboard. Yeah, have a look. Checking that they're allowed in. Oh, I like that sort of idea, yeah. too. Well, I've often said what we need here, the only thing that we're lacking is some sort of perimeter wall mm. and some rudimentary passport control. And I don't see what's wrong with that. With you know, Derek just Geiler. With Derek Geiler. Put him, you know, just station Derek Geiler. Maybe he's on the bridge and we get Stephen Lewis and he's at the train station checking Perfect. people coming off the train, refusing entry to anybody who's got no good reason to be here. That's exactly. the key. I won't isn't have it, that. Isn't it strange how we know Blakey's name? I don't mean the actor's name, because we've both, we've just said... We know the character Blakey, but hmm. the caretaker in Police Sir hasn't embedded himself into the cultural firmament quite that much. No, he hasn't, actually. What's... I mean, so, we know Alderton's name, don't we? Because uh, because they used to call him Privet, Mr. Yeah. Edges. Yeah. Um, it's not Potter, is it? Have I got that I wrong? Don't know. I don't know. But it's not Blakey, is it? It's definitely not Blakey. It's not Blakey. I remember no. that uh, Derek Geiler, I know this because Hedge, uh, Hedge is Hazy. Yeah. <laughs> he used to tell me, uh, for people who don't know who we're on about, we're on about John Hayes, the concussionist mm. in the Sir Henry show. He mm. used to tell me, uh, you, you, you can't get, what is it? You can't get a box of chocolates for sixpence. Because apparently Derek Geiler used to play a shopkeeper in this uh, TV advert for Revels. Oh, and this kid would offer sixpence and ask for a box of chocolates. And a box of chocolate. Uh, sorry, Revels was a box of chocolates in a bag. Ah. You can't now, get a box of chocolates for sixpence. Weren't Revels the deceptive ones? And you had them and they sometimes looked like a minstrel or something and then it would be coffee. Oh, that's like... So with, with Revels, the real... The, the Decepticon, to mm. borrow the sort of terminology of the 1980s Transformers, Transformers can, yes. cartoon, which, which is before the cut... So that's allowed. Mm. Um, it's before the cutoff. It would you'd think it was the orange one, mm. and it was a that's it. One. That's it. Do you it. remember the Charlatans' early doors? Uh, what was the song? Life's a bag of revels. I'm looking for the orange one. She's that's gone. It. Yes. <laughs> no. I. Oh, that used to be the most disappointing thing in the world. Yeah. That I can remember. Horrible. Oh, you st you still eat it though. I didn't. I'd spit oh. it out. Did you? Yes. Into your mother's sort of crystal ashtray. Move just wherever. Just but oh, no, I'm not having it. I absolutely refused. No, I, was, I was I was so cross. You get that, a stale Malteser in a, a Revels, don't you? As well, a little you do. Malteser, like a claggy Malteser. Yeah, 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 yeah. Deeply unpleasant things. No, I love Revels though. Why? Because fifty percent of them are offensive. No, no, no. And I think they've removed the coffee one now. You know. Well, good. Have they removed the, the dirty Malteser? You got a sh no. I reckon you'll still get the smaller sort of, you know, uh, underdeveloped Malteser brother. Uh, you get the sort of weirdly shinier but not crunchy minstrel, don't you? Mm. You get that, which I quite like. 
which reminds me very much of a taster, if you know a taster. No, I don't. Uh, you don't go to the cinema, do you? Oh, don't go to the cinema. Oh, no. if you went to the cinema, you'd know bags of tasters, love. No, I shan't go mm, to the cinema. Nice. Not, not when other people are there. Absolutely no. not. They well, talk. you should, because then you can watch a Jason Statham film. Right, well, we're coming to that, but let's just deal with the cinema. Absolutely not. Mm. Because of other people. Because... Because if you're going to watch something, surely mm. you should be in absolute silence and give it your focus. How do you take in the maison-sen if you're sat there with a big bag of, what are they called, those hot hot crisps that people dip? Oh, popcorn. No, crisps. They're like crisps. And they have oh, they dip. do hot crisps now. Oh, something. Tartilla, tartillas. That's it. I don't Is like tartilla those. Tartilla or tartillas? I don't care either way. I don't like them. I don't approve of them. I think they're culturally inappropriate for Britain. Anything that crunches, which is why you traditionally have popcorn in a cinema, because it doesn't but, crunch. But it does. These bastards are eating it with their mouths open. And well, they talk, and they get their phones out. And if I'm going in there wanting to watch the new Downton Abbey film, the last thing I want to see is it's someone eating popcorn and looking at their phone to check, you know, ah, ah, fucking Sylvia's cinema slag. I don't care. No, I don't care. I don't go myself, by the way. Good. You shouldn't. No, but I mean, no. they've sold tasters in cinemas for 30 odd years. What the hell's a taster? It's like a soft shelled minstrel. It's very nice. What's the point of that? A minstrel's meant to have the different textures. It does it? have the different texture, but it don't crunch. Well, then it's, it's not missing, hard. I think it's missing the shellac. Well, get it varnished. Properly, like they should be. Minstrels mm. should have that thing where you, you, know, you don't... Obviously, nobody eats a minstrel flat. You turn them side on and bite down. But it should always feel like it might just take a tooth out a minstrel. Always. And if it doesn't, then it's one of your tasters, which I won't have. I don't know. I just gnash away at stuff, me. I don't put them in sideways. Or it's just like a hank. Gone. Really? Yeah, like a dog biting at a hosepipe. Uh. That's me with chocolate. Fair enough. The other thing, incidentally, this week is one of the big um, theatre chains has been getting jolly cross. Not, th yeah, theatre chains, because mm. apparently uh, in some of their musicals, people are joining in and singing. Right? Okay. Absolutely not. And when they're having a polite word with these dreadful people and saying, could you not do that because other people maybe don't want to listen to your off key shit, it's mm. getting a bit violent. Mm. Mm. What's well, going on there? Well, people are going to the theatre when they shouldn't be, and I think this is a problem. You know, I'm quite open to the idea of theatre being for everyone. I'm saying that. I'm not convincing myself. But let's just say that I am, OK? I'm mm. quite open to that. But again, like with my village, there should be limits as to who's Derek allowed Geiler. in. Derek Guiler. Yes. Get Derek Guiler outside the theatre, checking people off. How many GCSEs have you got? Mm, sorry, no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a sort of entrance exam. They could do it on their phones. Could do it on their phones while they're travelling in. Absolutely. And then they've got to show Derek the results. They oh, they, oh this is what I've got, Derek. Go, oh, no. In, in fact, if they were whinging about paying Derek, hmm. and he is also inconveniently dead, but if they were whinging about paying Derek, it would be merely the issuance of two different QR codes, one for su success and one for failure on the exam. Now, obviously, I don't like this because it's a QR code, but I like the game show part where you don't know what you've got and you turn this up there. This is it. And you wait to be scanned, and then it's like to the right exactly. or to the left. Exactly. Which... Exactly. So, um, 
and you've got to sort of bow to modernity. They're not going to pay Derek these days. Not when they can get students to run theatres for nothing. No, that's true. They so should. Student, sorry? They should pay Derek. They should pay Derek, but they won't. So it'll be a QR code. Okay. And then you find out after queuing in the, the snow and ice. Yes, I approve of this. There you go. I think we've go. sorted out theatre. There it is. That's all you need. It needs no, that's to be it. But aren't um, theatres just happy to get anyone through their doors? <coughs> well, it depends where, doesn't it? Because London doesn't seem to be having a problem with that. Where in the West End you can charge 300 quid a ticket on mm, occasion. For rubbish. For rubbish, for people shouting. Singing, more to the point. No, it's not a but, concert. But that 300 quid, I mean, look at the people they hire for these shows. Is it any wonder people are joining in when they get like people off reality TV and soap stars and shit? to star in these shows. I mean, that's why people who who go along are like that. Hey, singing on the phone, eating chips. It's awful, isn't it? It's awful. Yeah. I took a group of students to see something. Um, can't remember what, but it was at one of the West End theatres. Probably The Woman in Black, because it's the only play that I deem worth watching. Mm. So... Uh, took them along, and there was one of these reality people, not in the play, because it's only a two-hander, so no, um, but one of these reality people in the audience, and the students spotted him, and then they went up to him, they were chatting, and then one of them said, oh, can we have a photo? No. Rude. No. no. Well, ah. You are literally famous for getting drunk in a villa. You shithole. Awful, these people. Mm, I, uh, mm, yes, yes. Mm. I don't. It's such a sort of another world. It's like arguing on the internet, you know. I, I mean, that's the domain of you and uh, Doctor Matthew Sweet. That's got nothing to do with me. Of whom um, I thoroughly approve. Uh, of course. Now he's following have. you on Twitter. Always thoroughly approved of him. Always. Oh, okay, that's mm. fine. That's fine. We'll memory hole last week. Right. Um, yes. Please. Thank you. So it's it's strange, that whole world. If somebody asked for a photo with me, I'd be quite delighted. Oh, absolutely. You well, know. I got that when I went off to Dubrovnik. Uh, I sort of, someone was, and I, I think it's because of this podcast, weirdly enough. That's nice. That's nice. To it is nice. It somebody is nice. doing that. You, you shouldn't be a shit to the public. Well, ever. this week, um, uh, there's been emails back and forth about the London show and things that have to happen beforehand. Mm. that involve publicity and pressing flesh and stuff like that it's just like okay right yeah i've got to i've got to make time for that mm. it's just it's, part of the gig that is it's got to be just done part of the gig got to be a part done. a dimension that i had no idea about until the other day mm. so uh, it's oh, got to yes. be done it's got to yeah. be done um and it's uh, it's just another layer to the anxiety because it's like i've got to be finished by 6:30 to do that mm. <sighs> Crikey! Yes, it's with all the other work, crap, dear. there's a lot of crap. To do. It's 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 not so much that it's hard work; it's stopping me sleeping. Boring, because that's the first well, thing. Yeah. you get in bed and you start thinking, don't you? Yeah. Transport, right? Okay. Lighting cues, right? Okay. Uh, rehearsal, uh, mm. okay. Learn the songs, uh, mm. learn the dialogue, did a little, and it's just on and on and on and on, and it's just like now is not the time, brain. Go fuck yourself. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, there is always that thing, isn't there? Of sort of like when someone says, oh, do you want to do this? Oh, absolutely I do. And then instantly you go, why the hell? Why have I said yes? Because I know that I'm sat here with this 
bastard book at the moment. They've got to learn all these words. Ooh, mm. Don't want to. Why'd say yes? Why did I agree? Because that's your ego. Your yes. ego is in conflict with your uh, innate tendency toward indolence. Yes, absolutely. That's 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 same with me. Same with everyone. <sighs> it's hard, you know. isn't it? Oh, you can put a different frame on it and say one has a responsibility to this sort of divine continuum of talent that resides within this vesselature that you inhabit. Uh, well, I don't like it. No. I Either way, it, yeah. if you want to go airy-fairy, Sid, or be pragmatic, it's poo. Yes. <laughs> it, is, yeah. it is, yes. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. so sleepless nights all round, I think, for yes. a while. Yes. Early mornings and breeze. Yes. Oh, well. Can't beat the breed. Do you know what really I hate is that you see it on little sort of pieces of wood on people's kitchen walls. I hate those things anyway. Those garden centre things. Motivational shit. Not just that. You know, like a a kitchen without friends is like a garden without flowers or something like that. But the worst one, the one I really, really hate, and I have to go and stand in people's gardens if I spot it when I'm in their houses, is sweet dreams are made of cheese. Who am I to disagree? Oh, no. Is that a thing? Yes, it's a thing. Have you never seen that thing? I have never seen that. Oh, I thought you spent much of your life in middle-class kitchens such as I do. Oh, you, no, that's that's not middle class, dear, that sort of thing. Middle class is all farrow and ball on the walls. No, it is, well, maybe it's lower middle class. Uh, yes, there's a but distinct difference. But it's one of those difference. things, it's quite incongruous. They were obviously bought it. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? And they've got to put it on the wall. Oh, God. One of them things. Oh, no. Horrible, no. isn't it? It is. Uh, no, it's it's just tat, isn't it? It's disgusting yes. tat. And no, that it does offend me, that sort of rubbish. That sort of thing makes me want to smash the lovely kitchen up yes i'm afraid because why ruin it yes why why ruin it i mean you get yourself the mona lisa and then go next to it let's put the tennis girl play, uh, scratching her ass no. squeeze a jobby on it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is that and it is all farrow and ball and loveliness yeah and then you'll get something like that Oh, yeah. an offensive fridge magnet. I'm not a fan of fridge magnets. I, I mean, you not? I understand the utility of them to cover a ding in it. Mm. You know, you've been sort of, you know, bringing your bike in one day after a hard cycle up the hill, and you, mm. you know, you undo the string from your uh, slim volumes of Mallarmé and mm. and uh, Melville, and mm. wheel it past the fridge and yes. give it a dink. With the yes. handlebars. Okay, yeah. I need to put a, a, a China burr drum in on that. I mm, Or a comedy piece of pizza smiling. Well, no. Do, again, why do people have these things? I, I have a little thing that I do, which is whenever I go somewhere nice, somewhere new and, and abroad, then I'll get a, a tasteful fridge magnet. A tasteful a, one? Tasteful one. Just so you like, hate it when you go around people's houses and they've got magnetic letters on the front of the fridge and it's like that. I love you so much it hurts. Fuck you. I don't want to know not. what you think about each other. I don't care. No. Take no. those letters and wipe my bottom with them. Keep that sort of thing elsewhere where I can't see it. on the fridge. I know. I know. No. It's no. What, the, the whole sort of public declaration, I just uh, find, uh, no. Unseemly. It is. I don't Holding know. bloody hands. Ooh. No. Common. No. Uh, None of that nonsense. No, no, just, no. Have several children, 
don't share a bed, one of you dies of dysentery at 30 and the other pines forever. That's all you need to do. That's right. That's it. That's right. It's what they Chaps. do on Downton Abbey. Is it? Mm. I might mm. watch that, then. It's quite good. There's a surprisingly high death rate, which I'm that quite delighted looks nice. with. That vape's lovely today. Oh, fully charged and fully packed. Ready to roll. Oh, yes. But yeah, surprisingly high mortality rate on, uh, on the old And no letters on the fridge saying what they think about each other. Well, they wouldn't know where the fridge was. They don't go downstairs to the no, kitchen. No, they'd have an ice house with John Stride stood in it. That sort of thing, yeah. yeah. That, that'd that do. That's all yeah. you need, isn't it? Just John Stride. Have you watched the ice house yet? Um, yes. It's fucking awful, isn't it? It's dreadful. And I was talking to someone who I, I won't say who. I'll tell you later. I was talking to someone who from the industry back in the day last week. And um, talking about various people who were all lovely. Oh, lovely, lovely. John Stride. Pause. Long pause. And I said, was there uh, an issue with John Stride? And the answer came back, well, he was just an arsehole. Right. That was it. It's like, he was just an arsehole. I mean, that's condemning. No yeah. context. He was just <laughs> an arsehole. <laughs> but in the ice house, all they do is they go and stand in an ice house. That's it. I don't quite get what I'm meant to be fearful of, unless it's ice. Which It's, it's like you, you're, you're fearful that you're being inculcated into some form of mind control whereby you want to go and stand in an ice house for the rest of your life like mm. a lump of ice yeah and that's I it i should think after a fortnight you'd be dead anyway with no liquid or well i think after two days you'd be very very bored and just go oh, i need the toilet yeah, no. i know it's stinking there wouldn't it it you'd would stink pee and uh, shit where you stood unless they've got one of those little like, you know, caravan toilets or something but i didn't see one no i didn't see one so we can only assume strides there Two days, just going to the lavatory where he stands. Where he stands. Eventually, whether he was an arsehole or not, I imagine he'd go, no, stinks, no. going home. It's like a rabbit hutch. Yeah. I'm going. I'm going now, that's enough. Yeah. So oh, It's dreadful, that. I hate that. What a crap a, end to the BBC Ghost Stories for Christmas. It's a very Bannon. weird misstep, isn't it? Mm. Um, really unusual. And I don't know if they're trying to get onto the whole sort of like, you know, it's the beginnings of, you know, the hauntological... Um, What's it called? Um, psychogeography thing, where we're, yeah. we're meant to be fearful of landscapes and that sort of thing. But if that's what it is, it really doesn't work. I think I'm all. right in saying Lawrence Gordon Clark then transfers to Yorkshire TV in 1979 and does Casting the Runes. Casting the Runes, Ian Cuthbertson oh, being wonderful and loud. Great. Wonderful. Great. There's no letters Absolutely. on fridges in that. No, none at all. Although it's odd, isn't it? Because. With that whole thing of sort of like the the idea of psychogeography and using the landscape in that way. Mm. You look at people who were doing it at the time really, really well. It's Survivors can use the landscape perfectly. Mm. You know, those big, wide open spaces, especially in the mm. opening episodes, that can make you skirt. And have you seen the changes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The changes, the changes does it brilliantly, doesn't it? I mean... It makes Wookiee Hole terrifying, and it makes it look big. And I don't know if you've been to Wookiee Hole. It's not big or anything like that. It's, it's great, though, isn't it? Compa oh, I love it, yeah. Absolutely. That big sort of uh, banqueting room used by the Hellfire Club. Yes. Oh, I love that. And it's the witch. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, that Did whole thing with the... you walk around the platform at the end? Yes. Over the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Well, I, what I mostly love is that whole thing of with the witch. They're so serious about it. You know, where, if you're shown around and they say, you know, don't do anything, 
Don't play around with it. Don't think it's a good idea to dress it up. Don't do anything. And they're really serious. And then when I was reading about when they filmed um, Revenge of the Cybermen down Mm. there, and the first thing that the Sparks do is they think that they'll have a bit of a joke around. So they dress it up as a witch. They wrap a cloak around it. They do all this sort of stuff. Ha, 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 look at that. Well, people nearly died Mm. shooting that. You know, someone fell off a ladder and snapped their leg. You know, so it was yeah. just pointing in the wrong direction. Well, there are water courses down there. They don't know where they go. Mm. You know, it's yeah. obviously they've not they've not been able to map it exactly. Completely, yeah. And there's just things that disappear. Well, that's it because there's that no. sequence with Liz Sladen on the little boat, and then after they've buggered around with the witch, the little boat went haywire, started going like that yeah. all over the place, and she had to jump in, and she's getting swept. Down yeah, by the current yeah, yeah, towards yeah, one of those yeah, tunnels. Yeah. I think it was Stuart Fell, the stuntman. He dives in and managed to get her out. He then ends up in hospital because he's drunk so much of the water. I mean, it's like it's dangerous no. stuff. No health and safety, though, which I approve of. Ooh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Just Derek Guiler and his clipboard. It's all you need. You can't get a box of chocolates for sixpence. There we go. That's all yes, you need. no. Absolutely mm. not. No. I like the guided tour. Wouldn't mm. dress up the witch. Mm. Um, banqueting bit. Lovely. Yeah platformy bit at the end there's some fat americans on it so you're a bit like Ooh, oh no is this gonna give way yes. i don't want to get plunged into that it's astonishing the way it looks down there it's all green isn't it and stuff it's beautiful like some sort of mad cathedral it's just oh it's beautiful yeah. it must beautiful. be limestone mustn't it because it's stalactites and stalagmites because they're uh calcium tricarbonate aren't they those yeah things? i think that um limestone's calcium um and uh, stalactites are they? No, it's calcium carbonate, isn't it? Limestone, and then when water hits it, it comes calcium bicarbonate. And I That's think, it. I think stalactites are tricarbonate. Well, it's fascinating. It's like marble. How you actually get marble mm, when you know marble is limestone. It's, yeah, it's just like that's just water. And again, to hark back, you no know, marble's hat. heat. Sorry, heat. Uh, yes, and that's why volcanic. in Dubrovnik, um, when you when you look at the floors around the city, and they are just this beautiful marble mm. but of course it's just created by the weather over time it's oh it's stunning absolutely oh, it's wonderful isn't it i mean jack marriott my old geology teacher he'd thoroughly approve of this mm. he used to walk in and go jog books on table livesley on your own <laughs> no. i didn't do anything it was just straight away this saves time on your own fair enough Ah, no, he was he was a boss fella, and we went for a walk. Well, the school went for a trip mm. to the Blue John Mines or the Blue John Caverns. They are in Derbyshire. Mm. Yeah, and that's the same sort of place, you know, big holes under the ground that you go and mm. look round, and uh, the limestone pavements and stuff like that. There's even a place there called Limestone Brook. Oh. We got there, and he said, "This is me old stomping ground." He was a smashing block. Sadly dead. Well, yes. All the best people back. are. Yes, yes, yes. Especially on Downton. Oh, I'm going to watch Downton. It sounds like my cup of tea now. It, it, well, I'll tell you the one problem with it mm. is the scenes are short. So they are short and snappy scenes. But it's, you like that? No, I don't. You do, though, as well. Because you don't like things to be too long. Well, no, 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 no. I don't like things to be too long. So a film is too long. Because it's a film, obviously. I mean, if I try and think of films that aren't too long, when they butchered The Wicker Man down to 85 minutes, acceptable. Because yeah, yeah, apparently the best cut as well. 
Oh, have you have you seen the full version? Yeah, the two different knights, isn't it? Isn't it two, it's a, two knights instead of one. It's a strange one because the, what they do brilliantly with that is when you watch the version that was released in the cinema, you feel such empathy for Howie uh, with you know the way that Woodward plays him, and it's a tragedy when he's burned. Then they whack all this stuff in at the beginning, the missing four or five minutes, and you go, "Oh, he's a dick." And it compl- And I'm just. If I watch that version, I am waiting for the burning and thinking, "Up you go, good." Yeah. But uh, no, I, I, it, oh, you know, films are too long. But I like scenes to be long within a piece. The subordinate elements have to be sort of given time to breathe. Exactly. Yeah, so they lovely Beaujolais. There you go. And this is where we come to the ninety-two cut-off point, which mm. we can measure. We can measure with Howard's way the declension. Mm. I think in drama, Howard's Way starts, nice long scenes, two minutes, three minutes, something like that. By the time you get to series six, I used to sit there on a Sunday night with my dad and he'd sit there with his watch and he'd time them and he'd go 20, 19, 80, and he'd count down and there was never a scene longer than 20 seconds, ever. Um, you know, it's Your that father short... used to time scenes on television programmes. Just with Howard's Way and I think it was principally to annoy my mum. And ah, the divorce this explains a few lots years and later. lots and lots. It does, doesn't it? Sorry, I spoke over what you were saying. Then go on. No, I said uh, the, the divorce followed a few years later, as you can imagine. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, no, it's fascinating. Is he eighty to see. today? He is eighty today. Swig of the piss to celebrate. Swig of the piss. There you go, Keith. That's one for you. Yeah, it's going to take him out later for tea. So and just see if I can have even more cheese. That's the plan. Ooh. Indubitably, you're going somewhere nice then. Well, sort of. Um, mm. He's he's not someone who likes fancy food, me dad. Mm. Um, because you know, listen to me dad with his thick scouse accent. Where the hell did this come from? Um, but so you, you know, pretend he, he's not your dad when you're out. You I have to. I, I look after this one. Yeah. It's, it's my outreach work. That's it. Yes. Um, but he, he um, yeah, he like he likes pub grub. But obviously, I'm not going to go to the Weatherspoons. No. So, but there's a there is a nice a nice pub that serves decent food, expensively. Ooh. But mm. so I shall, shall go there. Steak and ale pie. That's the sort of thing. He'll oh, like yes. that. Oh he'll yeah, like he'll that. go for that. He'll like that. So yes, that's that's today. Yeah, yeah but your dad that. time in scenes on the telly. There we go. That's yeah. that's kind of like that that for you is familiar and lovely and cosy. Well, it is. <clears throat> I wonder how much of the whole the, the love and the fascination of telly is to do with the fact that when I was, what would I have been, four, and enjoying being scared of Doctor Who, the creature from the pit, which famously just looks like a massive cock and balls, but absolutely terrified of it. And he leant back and he went, it's just a bin bag. And I, what? <laughs> it's just a bin bag. They've uh, blown up a bin bag. That's all that is. And at that moment, I went, is it? And something twigged about it's not real then. And I think that was the beginning of a fascination in in telly, bizarrely enough. Mm. I think. I think. When did I see behind the curtain? Mm. Trying to think when I would have seen behind the curtain. There was a moment and I, I was scared of... It was the same thing. I was scared of something. Yeah. And reassuring words mm. were administered. Mm. And I was all right. Now the swig of piss. Were they, um, <laughs> were they reassuring in a kind of a shut up sort of a way like they mine were? were they from were. My dad. They, they, they served the purpose of uh, 
providing solace, but I'm not sure what it was. I remember when the return of Daft Head, Wurzel Gummidge, and I leapt across the... I remember jumping across the room when he turns around, the mm-hmm. turnip and talks, because that was genuinely frightening, Daft Head. Well, that's proper folk horror stuff, isn't it? That's psychic geography. It is. It's terrifying. Oh, totally the landscape. Mm. I mean, the first episode as well. Mm. It's weird because the first... its I don't know if we'd use the word pilot, but he's got no sort of corn eyebrows wurzel in the first one. Right. So he looks... He's just got sort of like... You know, he's got no eyebrows, just shaved. But whereas Tom Baker seems to get away with no eyebrows, which I don't quite understand, because mm. he does, doesn't he? He does, yeah. He's got no eyebrows, Tom Baker. Has he not? Never has, no. You watch any Tom Baker, look at any photograph of him, no eyebrows. Good God. Have a quick look. I'm going to have a quick look. Have a quick look. Um, whereas Wurzel in episode one, uh, with no eyebrows. But it's kind of, you've got that, uh, mm. and you've got the whole thing that survivors exploit. In, uh, is it episode four, Corn Dolly? Yes, where they make the corn dolly and he puts it over the door and the woman's just like, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. oh That yes. superstition, I think, is a cornerstone of all of this. Are you superstitious? Because I am. I always think I'm not. And then I realise that, no, I, I absolutely am. I will... So, say, for example, with, with doing the old, you know, wandering back onto the boards with this, mm. one of my first thoughts were, have I got any green socks? Opening night of any performance, green socks. So when the show happens in London, I'm not on stage. I'm just sort of like making sure the lights look nice. The, the green socks will be on. Socks every time. have occupied my thoughts as well. Really? I've wondered about whether I go with new socks mm. or stick with the green and the red. Because I never liked the green and the red. That was just an accident. Mm. Because I had no money. Yeah. And when I borrowed the initial Sir Henry costume off Warren, mm. um, a.k.a. Mycroft Milverton, Yes. He was doing summer, and I said, have you got any long socks? And he had one green sock, I think. He'd used the other green sock for a puppet. Right. You know, like sort of knee-high football stroke rugby sock. Yeah, yeah. I got a red sock from somewhere. Mm. And that's why it was a red and green sock. How do you know that this isn't a key reason that the show has been a success? I have no idea. I mean, there's a line in the rub, isn't there? Sporting different coloured socks is thought unorthodox. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't in my mind at all, but it was just like, I remember on the first night looking down when I sang the line, I was like, oh, look, mm. different coloured socks. Yes. So, yeah, I, I think, yes, I probably am superstitious. I don't want to be. And I think it's to do with the fact that, you know, I did the, the whole, oh, I reject religion when I was about 16. But then... I don't see the organised religion and the cultural sort of like historical thing that we have in this country, the awareness of landscape and all those other things. Full stop. Do you? I think it's. I think that humans full stop are aware that they're connected to some other like continuum. Other. Mm. See what we were raised in, and Mm. and you are one of the ultimate sort of. um, You 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 are uh, the logical conclusion of that mindset we were raised in the post enlightenment world weren't we Mm. you know our mindset is very materialistic it's a material world and mind has absolutely no place within it in influencing it or anything that Mm. sort of Descartes Newtonian you know view of the world we can calculate how long it takes for an apple to fall from a tree or how long it takes for the earth to pass around the sun so anything that's 
non-observable mm. is is just completely no it's just ign- ignored because that's not scientific so unless something is observable it's bullshit and that's where atheism comes from and all that and that's where Kier- that's where Kierkegaard came up with his leap of faith wasn't it he, mm. he explained that and so in our <laughs> worldview mind matter have zero zero connection however within superstition mm. Mind and matter are intrinsically connected. It's the thing that the Greeks talk of. In Greek philosophy, they talk about impotentia. Mm. So if you've got a dice in your hand and you chuck it, the odds of getting a six are one in six. However, between letting go of the dice and it landing, we enter the realm of quantum and we uh, end up in potentia where mm. anything can happen and the odds greatly change. And it's all superstition is part of that, isn't it? I think... A lot of it, though, I think probably has an awful lot to do with with personal experience, doesn't it? So, for example, there's two things, and and I've definitely not told you about one of them. And mm. I'm going to open myself up to potential ridicule here, and I In don't potential. care. When I was probably twelve, something like that, maybe eleven or twelve, we went on a caravan holiday to the Lake District, and the main thing that I wanted to do was uh, I wanted to go to a stone circle because I was just getting fascinated by them. Didn't know anything about them, just like wanted to go near one. And there's a castle, uh, there's a place called Castle Rig that's got a stone circle. And so we went there and I think that I walked to the circle and I walked around it and just spent a few minutes there. My parents, if you ask them to this day, will talk of their horror because I went missing for two hours. Wow. Two hours. I literally, I was within the circle. I walked around the circle, spent a bit of time hugging a stone, that sort of thing. Two hours. And to this day, my mum will bring this up, as as parents do. as Oh, yeah, you were hiding. And I'm like, I really wasn't hiding. I can't actually explain that one and the other one is which i have i think i have mentioned before was when i went to the triangular lodge which is down near peterborough which is this fascinating building built by a chap who was uh, imprisoned in the reign of elizabeth the first and he was imprisoned uh, in the attic room of a house but he could see a field and so what he did when he was released was he built this building where everything is threes so it's a triangular building uh, everything within it is triangular and it's the you know the idea of the trinity as being built for this and i went there on my way back from doing a murder mystery show and there was nobody else there it was just like a tuesday morning or something and i went into it and i wandered down to the basement and i know I know, and I can't tell you how I know, but I know that down there, a child hid from a civil war moment. I know that. I know no that a young, on the wall then. No plaque. No nothing. I know that Sweet a young are made of cheese. A young female child, aged about ten, hid there. I know that, and I actually talked to them. I'm not saying that I saw a ghost or anything like that. I just knew that they had been in there, and I found myself saying. It's all right. You're okay now, and just spent so a couple know, of minutes. So you know, then you know that you are connected to the eternal. But obviously. I know that that makes me sound mental. Only if you view the world through that post enlightenment frame, which is what people we were all brought up in, and mm. so then you are labelled as someone who doesn't believe in science, 
And that is a low status indicator, isn't it? That you well, that's exactly it. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the thing, though, because of, I, I find fascinating, you know, I've always found the whole sort of thing with science fascinating ever since I wanted to be a scientist and then realised I didn't. I just wanted to be in Doom Watch or something. Mm. But I find that fascinating, but I have no problem believing the other at all. And yet organised... You, you can square the circle. But organised religion in the middle... Oh, that's... I can't... I actually... Can't have. I quite dig... The, the aspect I dig about organised religion is the fact that it brings human beings together uh, mm -hmm. to unite in... Uh, bring their energy together. And if that's a force for the good, that's great. I like that. I like that. What is it he says in the Daemons? Uh, a group of humans generate a tremendous charge of psychokinetic energy. Yes. Right? So I approve of that. So I approve of that aspect of organised religion, but uh, for me it's just bunk. However, um, the the notion that we are, you know, divine beings that affect the materialistic world mm. via our own um, psychokinetic energy or whatever it may be, the power of our consciousness. Mm. I, I'm with, um, like I was talking about the other week, um, I think it was... Planck or Einstein, can't remember which, who mm. concluded that consciousness is fundamental and time and space are constructs that it creates in order to decode this reality. <clears throat> and so, with you, mm. if you think of yourself as an expression of that consciousness and you're tuning in mm. to that aspect of consciousness as well, because there's the illusion of separation that we all have, but we're all one man, we're all one oh, brother. Yeah. And that's the thing, it doesn't matter. Because it's non-observable, it's not scientific, therefore it's bankum. Yeah. And that's why we don't talk about all this. But secretly, you know, if we're all honest with ourselves, it's like if you say to someone, someone asks you something, all right, that play that you're you're doing now, okay? Yes. When you were asked about that, I weren't there, so I don't know. But I'm, I don't know. If it were me anyway, I'd say, all right, I need to think about this, mm. okay? And you go away and you think about it. Well, you, you're going away. You're having a conversation with someone or something, aren't you? Yeah. You know, I need to think about this. It's like, well, you're off. Who are you going talking to? Mm. You know? And you no, can, that's you true. You sit yeah. on your own. You think it all through, you know? And there's a guy called Alfred, Alfred North Kingston, you should look up, the father of process physics. Ooh. And he says that reality isn't made up of matter, but rather what matters. Oh, I and like our, that. And our thoughts are the place where... What is it now? Uh, thinking is the place where... I, I, I can't think what it is. It's something like where our thoughts go to die instead of ourselves. Mm. So rather than just act things out, we sit and we think about them and we go mm. over it. But we are, we're all connected. There's no two... Jung was right with his collective consciousness thing. It's fascinating, isn't it? It, it is genuinely fascinating, and, and it's but why. But it is backed up by science. It's backed up by science. Like I said to you the other week, when Planck and Einstein, Max Planck, as you remarked, sounds like a German porn star. Yeah. But when they were observing the quantum field, wherever they looked, they would have a, what's it called, a, a, a folding event or whatever. And the particles, the subatomic particles they were looking for would appear. Mm -hmm. Human consciousness with intent is affecting the material world. They cannot hold or conduct any quantum experiment without a human observer mm. you need human consciousness directed in order to make particles fold out of the wave into our material reality mm. now the ancient Greeks knew all of this that's what potentia yes. is all about and stuff like that and they knew that our subconscious mind affects our reality
Mm. But you talk like that, they'll put you in the loony bin, sir. They absolutely would. Yeah. Quite right. And yeah. there's a part of me would think, quite right. I know. I can see that within you. Because you don't want to have, you don't want to have that low status indicator placed upon you. It's not that. It's because I can't understand it. Because I can sit here. You're not meant and, to. No, but it's infuriating, isn't it? Because I can sit here and I can relay that thing about Castle Rig. But then I'm thinking, well, if somebody said that to me, I'd assume they were mental. But because on the other hand, I know it happened. The Enlightenment is such a misnomer. Mm. Because what we're talking about, people innately knew to be true up until mm. the Enlightenment time. And so much good stuff came from the Enlightenment, let's be honest. So if you say, I have a, pre- I have a pre-Enlightenment mindset, they're like, oh, you don't like healthcare. Mm. You don't like antibiotics. You don't like this. You don't like that. You see how it tumbles down. No, absolutely, yeah. And all of a sudden... Your, your sort of tribal affiliation is completely changed from that which you wish to associate with. Mm. It's an amazing thing. Humans are very complicated beasts. Uh, absolutely, we are. But if you I have mean... one opinion, you have to have all the rest. We're in these weird, polarised times. Well, that's precisely it. I mean, it's like we've said before, like you've said before, you know, when it comes to political things on some things, you're right on some things, you're left. That's Mm. not allowed in the same way as I can't be logical and say, however, at Castle Rig, this happened. That's not allowed either. Well, bullshit. Of course it's allowed. Why is it not allowed? Who's saying no? Well, the, the, like I said, the, the experiments, the quantum experiments are sort of, they're just finding the feet now, really, mm. and all that mystically shit that actually proving with observable science. Mm. And that means that people like yourself, they can have a materialistic explanation for things that are otherwise classified as woo-woo. You've heard that phrase before. Yes, I have, yes. Yeah. However, I don't have a materialistic explanation for the things that have happened to me, which is, but I know they happened to me, therefore I have to accept that they happened and are real. Well, if you accept nominally the notion that human consciousness can influence the material reality around you, and you accept that that consciousness is something which resides within us all, Mm. then why shouldn't you be able to tune into a separate frequency? No, absolutely. Because the frequency that what you're talking about was such a traumatic event, that Mm. that's still hot, that's still alive. It is still received that. And that's the whole basis of psychic geography. And the stone tape theory. Yes. That's exactly it. Which I have no trouble believing in at all either. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I sort of, I do have this, there's, there's certainly something, I mean, consciousness is the thing that's, that's kept us, you know, greater minds than mine obsessed for entire lifetimes. I mean, Socrates used to talk about his daemon that he spoke mm. to. And he'd speak to the daemon who would never tell him what to do, but he'd tell him what not to do. Yeah. So, okay. Right, so, energy, energy exists, mm-hmm. which I suppose is another way of saying consciousness, isn't it? Energy. Well... And, and- is it at a, at a fundamental level you could describe it as energy but there's there's something sentient there it's conscious okay it's got it's got memory it's got it's got roots hasn't it it's got i mean you must have been to a place and you like you must have felt that you're as ancient as the place you're at oh god this is why i love any word that's got a little bit of history to it because i feel just an immediate connection to it i've never ever gone 
to a place of history, a place, you know, be it a, a National Trust stately home or... A, I remember when I was up in... Um, one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had was when I went up to Bernero, which is an island in the Hebrides. And you've got these croft houses, which were just left one day, exactly as they were. And I was up there in oh, 2001, and there was a croft. And we opened the door, and we went in, and it was exactly like someone had just nipped out for a pint of milk. But then we went upstairs to the bedroom, and the bed was made, and there was a newspaper next to the bed from 1969, and there were some glasses next to it, a pair of slippers by the bed, and it was like it had just been left sort of five minutes before. And I think when you've got that that person, whoever that person was, they are still basically there. They've left this imprint through their property, through their existence. And the moment that I go anywhere, with a vaguely sort of like historical sort of like resonance. Oh God, yeah, I feel at home. I feel I feel comfortable. I feel like myself there. I can't do that with modernity. I can't. Oh, no. And I have tried, but God knows I can't do it. It's impossible. The, feeling that, the only way I could describe how I've felt on a, a few occasions is I've, it's like I've been, I've transcended mm. not so much my body. It's not an out-of-body experience, but I've sort of, you know those kind of beliefs that you, you carry around with you? We've all got a head full of our... I don't mean religious belief. I mean limiting beliefs about you or yeah. you know, your trauma or whatever it is. And I've just, like, I've stepped to the side of all of that. And mm. it's like my personality's over there and I'm something else, depending yes. on where I am. And it's just like, God, I don't, I don't feel mm. my shit. Yeah, if that makes any sense, it's there. I know it. I'm familiar with it. I mean, that's the uh, literal translation of meditation to become familiar with. Mm. You know, so um, it's there. But I'm something about this environment that I've transcended. That mm. it doesn't last very long, but no. it's such a feeling that. Have you never wanted to tap into it a bit more and see if you can make? Oh the yeah, feeling yeah, longer. I have done. That's right. what meditation's good for. I don't know if you bother with that. It's a place I'd love to go to called Newgrange in Ireland. Have you heard of that? I don't think so. It's a huge round structure and it's acoustically absolutely perfect for resonance. You can make the sort of tiniest noise in there if it's at the correct frequency and hear it on the other side. The way that the stones are um, you know, fixed and stuff like that. It's an mm. incredible place. And, and the thing that we don't ascribe any importance to is sound. Because again, if you can't see it, it doesn't exist. It's mm. that, that that Descartes Newtonian materialistic rationalistic uh, rationalistic existentialist priest. Uh, back to the daemons again. There's probably mm. loads in that you probably write a thesis on the daemons. You and, probably and could dig yeah. all this out. Barry Letts a very clever man. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, sound is definitely how they built the pyramids. Sound. How they moved those stones. Sound. Mm. Um, I mean. Why did they move those stones all the way from Wales for Stonehenge when there are stones all over the downs? Mm. And the, those stones don't have the same magnetic properties. They've discovered that with scanning them. Yeah. And the magnetics are important. It's back to stone tape theory, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, what could be in there that we could decode? Do well, you get what I mean? If we had no, the ability. Absolutely. Well, this is the thing. Tape is magnetic. That's how we store it. So, therefore... What's so they there? were asked about getting the correct magnetism in the stones, weren't they? Oh, God, yeah. They had Absolutely. stones there. Yeah. Oh, we've got them here, Fred. 
No, you're no. Not our Roy's granddad. Yeah, or Roy's granddad, of course. But no, they had to be a specific. Oh, he's gone. You see, this is what happens, viewers. He could be chunnering away, and I don't know. Oh. Oh, he's there. Oh, something happened there. Oh, this is what happens when you get too close to the truth. Oh, yes. Something up, definitely. Yes. But uh, no, no, absolutely. It's it's genuinely fascinating. It's like the little, uh, the little tidal island that's near here, mm. which has been settled since Neolithic times. Mm. And then you've got the, um, the, there's a telegraph station, uh, the building where the telegraph was kept. That's in ruins over there. There used to be monks over there. If I go over there and I time it well enough and then the tide comes in to be cut off over there for five, six hours. It's a weird oh. place. Oh, it's, it's a weird very... when the sea is one side. It's like, hang on a minute. How can the sea be there? Yeah. There's nothing the other side. But when the sea completely surrounds it, and you can see the buildings, and you can see mm. the village, and you can see the supermarket, but you're so cut off yeah. by these ancient structures, my God. And it's, there's a, it's a crazy uh, place. Oh, it's wonderful. So, so magnetism was incredibly important in them conveying data mm. and recording data. And now we just put magnetic letters on our fridges saying, I love you so much it hurts. No. No, that's bum sex for you. It's bum sex. Not the same, is it? Not the same at all. No, no. not the same. Doing so have you got any medicine. nice things this week? <laughs> 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 right, what have I got? Um, well, I've, I mean, I, I was in one of the charity shops looking for some vinyl and I couldn't spot anything and I was quite cross about the fact because it was just all copies of Mario Lanza records. Oh. And I don't really want to hear Donkey Serenade repeatedly. Um, he was the guy who was very, very fat and then very, very thin and it killed him in the end. His crash dieting and all that. That's right, yeah. I used to get him terribly yeah. confused when I was little with Lonnie Donegan for some reason. I don't know why. No, they were all in funny names. Didn't he have a name like the Cavalier of Song? I know that was S Donald Pierce. But, there was but, something uh, like that, mm. yes, that used to be used on the, um, on the posters when he was doing mm. films. Yeah, mm. absolutely. But my granddad had a record of him um and the only one i liked was donkey serenade you know donkey which i think is sex <laughs> 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 no, what Don i like was a donkey sex sir i'll Love a bit of give that. you a fiver no. for that donkey serenade which is like a beautifully humorous <laughs> song but then he starts doing all the be my love oh shut up mario that I don't want was his song that. and i remember do you remember there was an ad when we were kids for the mario lanza box set of records drink, yes drink Drink to lips that are dry and there you go. Do, 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 do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't yeah. like him, but like no. I say, confuse him with Lonnie Donegan. Anyway, so there were an awful lot of records of Mario Lanza. No, don't want those. No. I've already got one. That's enough. Um, Ooh, but then I did spot, uh, like I spot two quid for uh, Little Dorrit. Oh no! Oh, is that uh, Tim Spall? Uh, no, no. Then well, Tom <laughs> Courtney. Um, and, at Andy Circus, and when was this oh, show? And it doesn't even it doesn't even say when it was shown. I thought I'll give it a go, and I watched Who's the first. Who's playing Tim Spall? Um, I think is that it's Tom Courtney play, playing Tim Spall here. I like Tom Courtney. Oh, it's Tom Courtney. Yeah, I know, but the trouble is, this was made about ten years ago, and so they've, no. they've tried to make it a bit like soap opera. They did that with Bleak House. 
they made Bleak House into a twenty-parter oh. of thirty minutes, starring Gillian Anderson. Barry Letts doing uh, oh. uh, Dickens Sundays. Beautiful, didn't he? Didn't he do a Christmas Carol, and it was all CSO with Michael Absolutely, Harden. oh, beautiful. did so beautiful. many of beautiful those things. Stuff. John Lemesh's in that one as well. It's yes, just that's right. As absolutely. Marley. Didn't you do Pickwick done. Papers as well? Yeah, they did the whole canon. Him and, Te- him and Terence Dix did those together. So what Perfect. are you doing with that? Because I saw it. I thought, we'll have, the, have this for £2. Don't want it. Literally no, don't want it. I've got a load it. of books downstairs that are going on the Morrison's table. You know, they have a book thing. Oh, yes. Uh, and um, the great majority of them came from Morrison's book mm. table. Mm. But there are a few books in there that I've only kept... Here's something for you. I was going to pose you this question, actually. Oh, yes. Oh, is it all right to get rid of nice things that at, at some point you thought were nice enough to request them, but because they hold emotional attachments to people no longer in your pantheon of life, right? Now, is it all right to divest oneself of nice things because of emotional entanglements? I think... There is something terribly cleansing yes. about that. I think that whenever I occasionally think, let's give something to the, uh, what are they called? Scope. Not called that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the Scouts. Yes. Uh, no, we don't think I'll donate uh, to one of these places. It's a fight. It really is a fight. So, for example, off the shelves, I've taken all the Who uh, DVDs that I now have on Blu-ray, and I thought they can go to the. They're all down there. They've I been did that down at Christmas. There. They were down there for weeks. They've been the end, there for three I, months. I bit the bullet. I bit oh. the bullet. I bit the bullet and took them. Oh, and they were so grateful. They will no, be. because in your head as well, you go, "Oh, there's three pounds for that one, two pounds fifty, and then if you work it out, it's kind mm. of like there's also queuing at the post office. Yes, there is that. Mm. And there's also the fact that you'd have to be asked putting them on eBay. Asked. And people, people on eBay are dreadful, I've noticed. Yeah. They just moan about everything. It's like, oh, you didn't say it had a mark. Oh, you can't have it, then give it me back. No, you can't have the money. You've wasted my time. Give it to the scope people. Oh. I know. It's difficult. But no, I think that there's something... I think there's probably something terribly cleansing about it. Or just the fact that if you've got stuff that you really wanted and then you go, oops, crap this. So, for well, example, I really here... I wanted it, but now it's tainted by the emotional association, so that's... I no longer want it. I no. know it's nice. Yeah. And it won't last two minutes on the Morrison's table. Mm. Because it's nice stuff. Mm. But it's no. Tricky one, that. Got to go. Okay. I know that mm. tragedy plus time things do come back into circulation with oneself. Mm. Um, and don't get me wrong, one of these things is Max Wall's biography, so it's kind of like, oh, I shall learn to live with that. You know, I'll, I'll be all right there. Yeah, but the rest yeah. of it is just like, no. Uh-oh. No, go. No, all fair enough. Up. Ready for fair the Morrison's enough. table. It's a brave move. It's got to be done. No, no, no. It's a brave move, but fair enough. I might do the same with my DVD of Not On Your Nelly, starring Hilda Baker, that I thought, that'll be kitsch. No, it's just... Dreadful, just shit. Oh, it's awful, oh, awful yes. crap. But I know we do love her, but she—is it apparent she was going back then? Oh God, yeah. That's why you get three series, but series three's only got three episodes. Wow. Oh. But there's that fascination, there's that love, and there's that thing of I feel I should have it in a way. So we'll that, just keep it. 
but it's like it's taking up shelf space and i've got nowhere else for any more bloody shelves i've literally got nowhere for any shelves oh, now i can see behind your head there's a good three foot between the end of that shelf and the door no but one day this is going to be occupied by you know, etchings and the like that i've got i just it's just this is a really thick concrete wall and it's a bugger to hang things on oh you need picture rails dear well i need a man to come in Picture rails are lovely because then it's just like hooks and chains holding mm. your nice things up. Well, like the yes. National Gallery. I rather like that idea. Yeah. Yes. Maybe yes, that's yes, what I yes, need. Yes, yes. But no, I, th I think there's something cleansing, like I say, about maybe getting rid of these things. Although yeah. I would be scared that in about two years I would think, oh, I'll just have a look. Oh, it's gone. But you've got them on Blu-ray. You see, no, you're, this is the same mental thinking we were on about last week, where you do something, you think, oh, in a hundred years' time, will it still be there? It's just nonsense, because what you're thinking is, come the end of civilization in two years, obviously. Hmm. Well, you know, the Blu-rays won't work. Well, the DVDs obviously will, but uh, not the Blu-rays. Nonsense, dear. It's, well, it's nonsense. No, I know, it's that sort of thing. Like when I was saying to my youngest a while ago, when I pointed out the wall of nice stuff over here, and I said, well, it's all being left to you, and all he said was... That'll need a big skip. Yeah. That was care. it. I've... They don't care. They don't. They don't care. I've For got some reason, he doesn't it. want 60 DVDs of Crossroads. I don't understand. I've got plastic tubs in the loft with letters, right, mm. from the 1930s. I've got my great-granddad's birth certificate. You know, oh. I've got all these things. Nobody's going... I don't have kids. No one's going to want them. They're all just going to go. And we well, put them all in a big skip and burnt them. No, I mean that was that was uh, an awful thing recently with um, you know one of the one of the dead people I got a jumper from um, after they'd left, um, by which I mean died, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, what do you do with all this stuff which has well, been so important in landfill? our fevered brain, right? Because we share it. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest with each other. Mm -hmm. That same thought process we've just discussed. In our heads, it's kind of like, I, I need to make sure they're okay for the obvious museum when I'm gone. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, Fantasy Island, dear. They should lock us up, you know. <laughs> There's a place for the blue plaque on the wall outside. Exactly. This is, this is crazy talk. This is, you I know. know. I'm I glad know. no one can hear us. Well, it's lucky that, isn't it? Yeah. They won't have listened this far so we can get away with it. No, that's very true, actually. They stop around 40 minutes, don't they? Yes, Go I and do something so. else. Yes, 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 yes. So, um, so yeah, that's why, we, that's why we carefully ensure it's all okay. In order that our posteriors may have something to bite on. But it's also, isn't it? It's also to just make sure that there is still that connection. So, I mean, for example, if I just reach into this drawer here... Here is my, my grandfather's uh, membership card to the Merseyside Passenger Transport Executive Employees Social and Athletic Club, which is uh, available to him until December the 31st, 1973. I've got those things going <sighs> way back. Haydock Social Club, Haydock Catholic Club. I even found one Haydock Conservative Club. Grandfather was a member in 1959. Oh, it was the snooker tables. Yeah, I bet it was. <laughs> yes, yes, I've got loads of the stuff. I've got even the deeds to Haydock Catholic Club. 
from 1945, signed on Boxing Day, 1945, oh. to lease them um, a room above a shop. The very first, I've got it, got it all. I've got it all, Paul. I got yeah. it all. Yeah. Got to build a wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, we're just fucking lunatics, though. You do realise this, of course. Oh yes, I'm well aware. I'm well aware that there's only me and three other people who are sat there with the Noel Gordon box set and are delighted about it. I don't think anybody else really. One of those is Doctor Sweet. It is actually. Yeah. He got paid. He probably got the box set for free as well, so he could review it. Fair play to him, say I. Oh, yeah. fair play is it this week? Bizarre, yes, absolutely. Last week it was that fantastical rant. Don't remember. I think we should chop that one out and tweet it at him. Don't no, you. absolutely not. No. Anyway, I'm. Anyway, he's having a lovely weekend doing a, a Who convention, and I'm doing well, one of those soon. So he's still copying you, or are you copying him? I'm not copying him, and it so happens that he's in Los Angeles and mine's at some local social club, but I don't think there's a difference. The guests are probably the same. The guests are exactly the same. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I, and who wants to be in LA? And for, oh, I don't have to fly. People eating popcorn on a flight. On a flight, kicking the back of your seat. Matt, he'll be in business class, won't he? Oh yeah, he will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He won't have last some child, some fat kid, as I had mm. a while ago when I went somewhere and I had a fat kid doing that to the back of my seat. I've never no. wanted a child to develop a disease more than that one. Yeah. I really hope he's. And then died. those book donations would help. Well, in that case, they can't have them because I don't want him to have anything. Apart from a long, oh. lingering death. Well, you're going to have a big... That's that's very nice. You're going to have a big <laughs> stack of DVDs I mean behind the sofa well. then forever. Well, I I'll... you mean it. Oh, yes. Well, I'll live with it. I'll have to live with that. I, I can live with that because at some point in the future, someone will go, oh, do you remember when you could get hold of Simon Fritz and Chris Arnott's book, <laughs> The Archer's Archive? Oh, yes. There happens to be a copy here, post-apocalyptic friends. I saw a book the other day I really wanted, and you can't get it. It was, oh, and I, it was because of you I saw it. Mm. Oh, what was the TV series? Oh. It'll come to me. It was the definitive guide to. It oh. was the um, Man About the House and George and Mildred. Oh. Can't get it. It was you sending that Youth of Joyce clip out. Oh, yes, lovely. That Youth, Youth of Joyce of clip. Yeah, that, the Brian that, Murphy interview. That was only you, about six, seven weeks before she died. I know. You know it's amazing, know. isn't it? I know what it says about her, you know, uh, what was it it said? You know, what people didn't know was for 10 years, she drank half a bottle of brandy a day. And I'm thinking, dear, for 20 years, I drank a considerable amount more than that. Yes. <laughs> you know, but uh, women have smaller livers, don't they? So let's let's go with that. Smaller livers, smaller feet. Smaller. Smaller. Yes. Yes. Smaller. Smaller in general. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've got loads of lovely, nice things, but nothing here. Yeah. It's not arrived yet. I've I've cast my bread upon the water. Not mm. here. No, yeah. it'll 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 be there at some point. I'm waiting on a couple of things myself that aren't here. So. Are you really? What are you yeah. waiting on? Well, I'm waiting on there's a, there's a lovely sort of like big thick 132 page thing that's been published uh, essays on dark shadows. We'll have a bit of that. Not here. Yeah. No, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Actors terrified for half an hour a day, not remembering their lines. What more could you want? That's perfect. 
No. It, it is. It's Coronation Street with vampires in it. It's, it's not. It's live. It's under-rehearsed. There's only five actors to an episode. And it's just pure panic as someone's trying to read the auto cue. Oh, that's Does your glorious. alter ego approve of it too? Yes. Thoroughly. Thoroughly. Because there's an energy to it. There's like, there there's a go. beautiful performance energy that dates back through the centuries. Proper performance. Not sat there doing, can I do a 90th take? No, you can't. They've already seen you say it incorrectly and apologise to the director down the camera. <laughs> that's that's what I like. Or someone walks through a door and gets told, no, we're not running. Go again. And he walks back and does it again. And then you just hear someone goes, we are running. Oh! Is beautiful. That all on? Is that all in? It's all in. It's all in. All that stuff is in. Or the fact that, you know, because they used to do time travel storylines with the same cast. So trying to remember the characters' names for them. You just get people stood there going, I think that David, Daniel, I think that they can't remember the names. Oh, it's beautiful. This sounds like my world. Honestly, it's it's proper old vaudeville actors. Well, sounds good. However, I have rehearsals, unfortunately. You do? do? You do. Neilinus was right. Don't rehearse, then absolutely nothing can go wrong. Ooh, there you last go. Last plug of piss as well. Ah, so, finish uh, the piss with, with the with the pissed pissed drained as a gulp. Yes. <laughs> um, I think that's probably uh, time. Time, gentlemen, please. I think uh, so. I'm off to rehearsal. So um, I'm off to read some William Blake. So ooh, get the Blake out, you know. Get the Blakey out. Um, Love to hear this read by Stephen Lewis. That would be wonderful. Oh, they should have got Blake. Blakey reads Blake. That's nearly as good as Nagus in Vegas. Nearly. 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 Not quite, oh, though. Oh, getting that. Half of Nagus astride. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, that would suit. be good. You, you've got me. You've got me there. Mm. I did those feet in ancient time. Hey. <laughs> I'm slipping into Roland Rat there. Never advisable in the AM. No, no. Um, right, anyway, so... Yes. Uh, we hope you all enjoyed whatever that was and we hope you all have a lovely week and until the next time goodbye bye bye nice things the antidote to modern living was presented by Sir Michael Livesley and Lady Paul Carmichael. The music was written by Michael Livesley, and the flutes were played by Andy Frizzell and John No Jokes Please Lewis. Nice Things is a Guilty Dog production. Nice.